Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is a multi-award winning coach, learning and development consultant, author and speaker, and the founder and driving force behind the success of aspiring future competence. This has helped clients to discover and apply new tools and techniques in order to bring about positive change and empowerment. She is passionate about helping others achieve results and making significant changes in their lives through living more authentically. Welcome to the show. Andre Fanel. Thank you, John. Nice to be here. Thank you for agreeing to come onto the show today. It's great to have you here. So that was just a very brief introduction to who you are. Um, mm-hmm. If you can just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, what you do, how you help people, etc. Okay. So um, yeah, as John's already said, I'm multi uh, multi award winning coach and author, speaker trainer so I've spent the last 20 odd years as a trainer and coach and uh, most recently uh, my new niche is working with professional career women helping them to get clarity confidence and have impact in order to achieve the career success they desire now whether that be um, you know a promotion in their current organization whether that's a asking for their worth because so many women are earning a lot less than their male counterparts Mm. whether it's um you know discovering what they do want to do their purpose their vision their passion because maybe they're in the wrong job many of them are they're Mm. dissatisfied unfulfilled overwhelmed stress um and really just not happy so it's it's helping them to discover the purpose passion they get some clarity what they want and, and how and help them to get that so I coach them and support them to either um you know find that purpose set some goals um and also to give them a confidence boost because many of these ladies I'm working with have either been put down by a dogmatic boss or in an environment that's, that's toxic which is exactly what happened to me which is why I left my senior management HR and training role 20 years ago very same reason because I just felt overwhelmed stressed out burnt out unfulfilled um and I just I was completely I felt confined and unhappy and these are the sorts of ladies are successful in their own right but something's happened along the way either they're in the wrong role or they've been in a bad relationship in terms of a boss or colleagues mm-hmm. that's absolutely affected their worth, their self-worth, their self-esteem, their confidence. Um, and they need to change that, you know, to, to feel fulfilled mm-hmm. and alive again. So and to how speak. do you work with your clients in order them to be able to make those shifts? So one of my, sort of, I, I'll call it a USP in some ways, but, um 
one of the ways that I work is I always start with um, identifying things like their will of life, the areas of their life that they are satisfied or dissatisfied with. And we, we sort of drill down to find out what's going on, why there are areas that are, you know, where they, they need to work on. Yeah. Um, then we look deep at their core values. That's, that's the basis of how I work. And if um, core values, if their core values don't align with mine and vice versa, then they're not the right client for me and I'm not the right coach for them. It has to be true alignment so there's trust and respect. Fundamentally, that's that's the core. Right. And then I start working with them on what are the things that are stopping you forward, uh, moving forward or who is stopping you moving forward, and that's usually themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's because the inner critic or the gremlin, I call them the gremlins, those, yeah, those little yes. people that go, you can't do that, you're not good enough, you know. So right. they're, the, they're the people that, um, sorry, they're the things that we need to discover. What's stopping you moving forward? Why is your self-confidence so low? So who's telling you? What Whose voice are you hearing? So we work deeply on that. Yeah. Then we, you know, it depends on the client. So at the moment, the answer to your question is, at the moment, I'm just working one-on-one currently. And I'm looking, I am building a group program that I'm going to release sometime this year. But initially, so these these people that come in, these ladies that I'm working with, you know, they are the fundamentals of how I start working. But each of them have different needs. So it might be that somebody needs to be more emotionally intelligent or it might mean that one of my ladies I'm working with at the moment has come to me because she is absolutely petrified of public speaking and because she's now um you know promoted she's a very senior lady Mm -hmm. she's having to do more meetings more you know to 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 deliver public speaking publicly she's absolutely petrified so I'm helping her build her confidence, get to know her true self, what's stopping her. And then we're going to move on to doing some voice projection and sort of, you know, the actual presentation skills, public speaking. So they come to me with different needs. So I would say the first part of the program is usually, you know, it's it's about the values. It's about your, your quality of life. It's about your limiting beliefs. And then we move on to the individual needs um, so each program is bespoke. Oh, great. But like I say, I'm looking at doing a group program mm-hmm. that that just, you know, it, that covers your clarity, your values, your limiting beliefs, and it covers all of those things. And then um, in coaching, you normally do, you know, again, follow-ups and one-on-ones. Yeah. So I would do some individual coaching on each of the delegates. So okay. that's, yeah, that's that's in the pipeline. I really look forward to seeing that comes out and what that program entails. Thank you. Uh, so you mentioned earlier on uh, when you were talking there that your shift came from uh, some toxic and unhealthy relationships you were having in the workplace. Absolutely. Sort of tell us a little bit more about the, the difficulties that that caused uh, in your life. I was actually talking about this topic. I spoke at the uh, Women in Leadership Conference uh, just last week. Oh. Uh, that would have been the end of February and again that was one of the topics I touched on is about the unhealthy relationships that people can experience and it was more it was around about how your personal life can impact on your business life but 
touched on those unhealthy relationships that we can have at work. Can you give the listeners mm-hmm. some idea of the, your experiences around that? <coughs> Absolutely. Okay. So in my time in corporate world, in my last paid job before I literally walked away, I, I just got to the stage where I was broken, you know. So I would say over the, the seven years I was there, you know, it was a hard-nosed environment, male-dominated, um, where, you know, sometimes you just felt you didn't have a voice, to be honest, because it was all that very much ego-driven. So in those seven years... I had six different general managers. Okay. So if every time we got a new general manager, the culture changed, mm-hmm. the way they work changed, you know, the way you were spoken to. So let me just give you a, a, an example of, of one of the key things that started the process of me, I would say, destroying me in some ways. In yeah. fact, the guy nearly did destroy me. Um where they're very, um, it was very bullish. Uh, you know, I'm going back 20 years, so mm. I know organisations are changing. But at the time, it was a very, very dogmatic, dictatorial type environment. It was unionised, so mm. that tells you not a lot. Okay. And this particular manager had come from retail, and in retail, these people are gods. Okay, you know, they're very. So he was. Um, an arrogant um the word bombastic comes to mind mm-hmm. now he thought he knew everything and he wouldn't listen to anyone no. hence why um the unions actually said if you know he, when they're trying to negotiate with him if he doesn't listen we're going on strike hmm. and he went do what you like do your damnedest but so he wouldn't listen to anyone mm-hmm. and um there were some things that he did I was his HR manager so I had to guide him to do legally the right things you know that was my role Mm -hmm. to make sure we adhere to employment law policies procedures and I'm not saying he was you know I'm really painting a bad picture here and you know he had some really good sides to him so don't get me wrong but there was something unethical he did and I said you can't do that he said I can do what I like and I said well my my values are so strong, my ethics, morally, I cannot let you do that. And he said, well, what are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm asking you to retract it. No. So what happened was I said, well, I have no choice to, but to report it. He went, do what you like. So okay. I did. I, I, a dilemma. Mm. What do I do? Do I go with my values? Because, you know, this is about integrity. If it came out, it would have been me that would have got sacked. Right. Okay. I wasn't doing my job. Right. So I had a dilemma. I made that decision. It got reported, and he got hauled over the coals. The result of that, and this is why people don't stand up for themselves in terms of, particularly with bosses. You know, I learned you need to stand up for yourself, and and um, you need to give feedback. You know, it can't all come from top down. Yeah. This is this is what I teach. Uh, this is what I coach. You know, women yeah. to do. And they align with your feedback. align with your goals and your absolutely. Ethics. You know, it's not all one way. It has to go mm. both ways. And um, to say that he nearly destroyed me was an understatement. They could hear him screaming at me from the other end of the building. And these, I'm I'm talking massive, massive building. And um, you know, consequence of that, I ended up going off sick with stress 
The company were very, very good. They they just support me. They said, you just don't need to go home. We'll deal with this. So, you know, I had great support from that point of view. Mm-hmm. But then they changed general manager and then we had another general manager and he came with a different set of skills and a different, uh, you know, he was um, very, very pernickety and he was also kept giving lots of feedback. But he was very, very... Um, as I say, you know, you pick things to pieces. So it made you feel that big. So right. as you, so I'm not going to sort of like, I could carry on, you know, because there were six, six managers. Yeah, all coming um, with a decent set of uh, yeah. how to make so, people worthless skills. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm working in a male-dominated environment and often I could be in a meeting with 25 other men mm. and just me. Right. And, you know, so you are sometimes a lost voice. Yeah. Um, they would t- always look at me as if to say, well, you know, you take the notes. And I'd say, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean to say I'm the note taker. You can all write. You know, so I would stand stand up for myself. But what I'm saying, and it's also um, an environment where there was lots, because it's unionised, lots of um, negativeness, lots of disciplinaries. I felt I spent most of my life sacking people. And after seven years, that's really depressing. But what happened to me was all of this over a period of time, it just eats away at you. Mm. So your confidence starts to wane. Mm. You're exhausted. I was working 60, 70 hour weeks. I had a young family, never saw them. And I was exhausted. I was burnt out. I was overwhelmed. I had no, you know, you know, this as a counsellor you know, from your past. Um, mm. Normally as a counsellor, you have supervisory, don't you? You have yeah. supervision. Well, I had none of that. No. I had no one to feed back to. I had no emotional support. Yeah. And eventually I was burnt out. Yeah. I was completely oh. stressed. Um, and it. so going back to relationships, my husband said to me, unless you do something soon, because I was so stressed I couldn't even see it, I, I couldn't see the effect it was having on me and everybody around me. They could right. see it and I couldn't. Right. And then my husband said, if you don't do something soon, we'll end up divorced. Like, bang, you know. Yeah. And I thought, what? I didn't. I didn't make that change immediately because I just kept hanging in there, hanging and thinking, oh, it'd get better. And I was earning really good money. Right. You know, I had all the trappings of a senior management role. Yeah. And I kept holding on. Yeah. And I had a coat, uh, I had a counsellor, and she kept saying, what is stopping you leaving? Mm. I've got mortgage, I've got mortgage. No, that's not it. Mm. And she asked me the same questions over a six-week period. Right. And eventually I thought, hold on a minute, what is stopping me? Mm. So in terms of, you know, different people that have such massive effects on you, depending on how they treat you, whether they respect you or whether they put you down. And eventually those little gremlins that are coming from somewhere else, you start to believe them. And it it absolutely destroys your confidence, your esteem, your self-worth. And and it takes a long time to build that back up. And, you know, luckily my husband and I went through terrible times, you know, because he was busy and whatever. But yeah. All I would say is so with with that's the the, the work and as I've explained it, it destroyed me. I want yeah. to know what the, what the reason why you stay. 
What stayed in the role? You figured it out after that. You know what? What was that? What did you come to the reason that you weren't leaving? Well, I kept telling myself I couldn't because I had two young kids and a great big mortgage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, my, and and I just thought, well, I've got to stick this out. You know, I need them. It's good money, and it's good. I had shares, and but I think she kept asking me this question. So, what's stopping you? And eventually, I woke up and thought, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This is killing me, and it's it's going to end. Up, I'm going to end up divorced. Or in hospital, seriously you ill. Figure out why you'd stayed. Was it just because you thought of the financial implications? Yeah. Right. It was the financial. It wasn't anything else because no. I wasn't. I wasn't fulfilled. I no. was unhappy. I also because it was a bureaucratic environment. I felt completely confined, no. like squashed. No. My personality, you know, I just felt it disappeared. No. And and so, in terms of my book. And in terms of what I do now, I'm trying to work with women before they've got to that final point where the pain is so intense, you know, they're broken mm. or or I pick them back up if they are broken mm. and help them back on their way. But um, in terms of personal relationships, I would say that for anybody who's going through any sort of like crisis or it is all I've realised now. It's all about communication. Mm. If you stop communicating, if you stop talking to each other, if you stop treating each other as human beings and respecting one another and sharing stuff, you know, emotional things. If you know, it's going. You end up just going to go that. You know, you do grow apart. Everybody mm. does. But yeah. it's finding that way back. And luckily, I've been now married, what, 37 years. Um, yeah, we've had really bad up and down times, but communication, taking time out for one another, you know, I'm, I'm, we're still hanging in there. I'm, I'm <laughs> happy, you know. But, um, yeah. But more, than, more than just hanging in there. Yeah, no, no absolutely. It sounds and, like you were um, hanging in there before. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, when you look at the stresses and strains of life and, and particularly if you are in in a toxic environment or with a toxic boss, it has such a devastating of, uh, um, effect that you you're in it. You can't see it. Yeah. That that damage wasn't just done to me. It started to affect my relationships with you know my family, mm. with my friends, because they were saying to me. Where's Andre gone? Mm. I went, I'm here. No, you're not. You no. are a shell of your, your normal self. Yeah. That that was when it hit hard. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it, that you, you when you're in it, you don't notice those shifting changes. I remember my first toxic personal relationship, and I was in there for three years, and when I came out of that, my dad said, where's my son been for the last three years? Yeah. And I was like, why didn't, you, "Why didn't you say something when I was when when I wasn't around?" You know, but it's yeah. it's amazing that uh, we don't realise how much of a sense of self we lose, and I guess some of that has to do with the kind of relationship we had with ourselves. Mm. Anyway, do you think there was something that was going on for you that allowed yourself to kind of persevere with such a, an unhealthy space for you? I mean, you clearly you had to go off with stress. There was. You, did you not realise how how this was impacting on you, or is this just something that you accepted? Maybe was there a difficult relationship you had with yourself at the time that was allowing this to happen? 
I, do you know, that's a very good question. I think, uh, you know, I I recognised that I was stressed. Well, no, I didn't recognise it. Cause it wasn't until start, people were saying, where's Andre gone? And suddenly, bang, you know. Mm. Um, I, to be honest, I look back now and I think, what I thought I wanted, and, I, and I, this is in my book, mm-hmm. what I thought I wanted <laughs> was to climb that leadership ladder. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be the next HR director. That's what I thought I wanted. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, things started happening, like, you know, when I was sick or whatever, you start to think, and suddenly the realisation was that everything that I wanted was actually sitting under my nose. That was when it's like, oh, my goodness, the most important people to me, thing to me in my life, are my family, over everything else. Right. And no job, you know, people hang on to jobs um, because they think they think that the, the role or the job is their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just work 100 hours a week because they think that is their identity. Without that, they're nothing. Yeah. Well, my realisation was, hey, you know, my family are more important. This job, you know, bearing in mind that I think we went through three restructures and I had to reapply for my own job three times. Right. I knew that at the drop of a hat, they get they just have a cold. And I just thought, you know what? No job's worth that. No. Not for the money in the world. It's not, I need to be happy. I need to feel fulfilled. And yeah. I'm not. So, yeah, I eventually just walked away. I had no job to go to, no nothing. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I think I got to, like, that's it. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think that's yeah, I think it's a significant point you just made there because most people then would or would would wait perhaps until they found something else as well, wouldn't they? I think that happens a lot in relationships. A lot of yeah. people I speak to, it's, well, I want this relationship to end, but they're so used to not leaving a relationship until they've met yes. someone else absolutely that's the kind of thing again i used to be call myself a serial monogamist because i used to like to date somebody and go out and have a relationship and then i'd meet someone else and start dating them and then i'd meet someone else and start dating them but i would probably meet them most of the time before i'd finished the other relationship because i was so insecure in Mm. myself that i felt like the only thing that was going to get me to walk away from this relationship was to start a new one and i guess that would be the same with our work as well we don't leave this toxic job because we haven't got something else to go to but you were able to walk away regardless of that because you got to such a painful point that you just needed to get out Mm. yeah and I just thought I don't know what I'm going to do and people were saying are you mad no I said no I just I I need I need to get out of here Mm. once I got out of there you know I thought right now what I'm going to do Mm. um and the same with relationships, you know, when, when you know, you have up, up and down times, the danger is that you, like you just described, you know, I knew I didn't want to do that. I did not. If I, if I finished with my husband, you know, when we separated for a while, I didn't want anyone else. I had no, you know, I just needed to find me. I needed that time to really dig deep and know who I was and what I was about and I'd be happy in myself because if you walk out one you're going to take the baggage with you into the next relationship so I think me walking away from that job is a very similar vein of how I would feel you know I, I need to be independent and find myself first 
yeah. before I can go into and, and I say this when I'm doing my webinars and my master classes and my coaching one of the things I say is you have to learn to love yourself first before you can um you can allow other people to love you though you know if you don't love yourself how do you expect anyone else to love you yeah. and that's my philosophy so it's not something you buy into is it if you, if you don't have that positive feelings around yourself yeah it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to buy into the fact that someone mm. else has a has that yeah. feelings for you and and you know i also when i'm coaching and i did this i think wednesday night my masterclass. one of the slides one of the things i was talking about is um you know exactly that if you if you don't if you're not confident in yourself or you don't learn to love yourself how do you expect someone else to but the other thing is i talk about toxic relationships mm. you know, if you do not live your life through someone else's eyes ideals rules regulations you need to be know what you want and, and be, you know, be very clear on living your core values because if you don't, you're going to be absolutely miserable. Yeah. You can have a life of hell, you know, because you've got to, you you only get one shot at this life. And and my view is, oh, yes, of course you have to compromise. I mean, I've been married 37 years. You, could, you know, it's all about compromise. Yeah. But you don't live your life through how someone else wants you to live it. And I think... So going back to the question you asked me a bit earlier about, um, I think you said to me, I can't remember what the question is, but basically what you, you were asking was, um, at what point, you know, did I sort of get to understand myself? Looking back, you, and you said, was there a point in your life? And I think when I look back, it was about conformity. It was about people trying to control me and my views and my opinions. And, you know, I, I got to a stage where I became a rebel, evidently, you know, because, and I always have been. Okay. And I will, I will toe the line to a certain extent, but I also, I will question, well, why? Why, why have I got to do that? That makes mm. no sense to me. Mm. So I think people in relationships should question what they want, but I also think they should question, well, who says your ideals or your rules are right? Mm. that's not how I want to live but people don't they mm. just go oh just for a quiet life I'll just go along with what he or she says yeah. yeah and that but you are not being true to yourself and that comes back to the sense oh, definitely that's never going to be the most fulfilling life you can have and there's so many reasons behind no. why we might choose the quiet life for one of mm. a bit of expression yeah um, but you like you said you were already questioning other people but you you weren't able to you didn't know what you wanted at that time. How did you change your focus no. then to move away from what you were putting yourself through by persevering in this that that space at work? What did you then do within yourself that enabled you kind of to find out what you wanted from life moving forwards? Good question. So one of the, I mean, self-development has mm. been my saviour, okay? So I'd gone while I was in this job, and I put more pressure on myself, I'd, got, I'd gone and, and studied to be a holistic therapist. So okay. you know, I was studying massage and, you know, all sorts of things because I wanted to give back. That that gave me joy to try and help other people. So that was one thing. I also did quite a number of courses um, 
And one of those was Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. Okay, yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, so I think, um, and also, uh, I was really lucky to be part of a, like a pilot program um, where I was working mm-hmm. as one of the, t- I think they had, they took 30 senior managers from all over the business. Mm-hmm. And we went, um, we had two psychologists from Manchester University wanted to do a study on the business, okay. but with regard to emotional intelligence. Oh, right. And I, ha- I happened to be selected as one of these managers. That was life-changing for me right. because I started to understand my own cognitive behaviour. Mm-hmm. I understood myself quite deeply. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until they, that, that brought it out that I'd always understood myself and what I was about, but I'd conformed rightly or wrongly and thought what the hell you know but this emotional intelligence course it was run over a six-month period my goodness it was the most it was very 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 powerful and it was interesting because over the course of those six months we went once a week and there was as i say 30 of us Mm -hmm. over by the end of the six months i would say 50 60 percent of people had left the business or left their jobs wow because suddenly it was like a big wake-up call what the hell am i doing that was a key turning point for me i i we remained and carried on coaching as a group Mm -hmm. those of us that left and one by one we all left including me okay you know or most of us to lots of different things and yeah opportunities choices can you quickly explain emotional intelligence to the listeners just in case they're not clear on what that might mean all right yeah absolutely Uh, so in a nutshell very very simply so iq is um you know is all about academia knowledge understanding eq is about your level of understanding of yourself and others so it's about your emotions how you respond react um your values it's all about knowing you deeply mm-hmm. but if you understand yourself and how and why you get angry sad you know the emotions you feel yeah. if you can understand yourself you can learn to understand others at a much much deeper level that in a nutshell john is Right. The way I would describe um, EQ. And thanks for that explanation. Uh, and and like you said, under, have, gaining that emotional intelligence gave you a, a, a choices. We you picked mm. up on the word choices. It enabled you to kind of understand yourself, but then also may help you to make a different decision in which the way your life was going. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly it's like the wake up call. Like you know, my family are more important. You know, being happy is more important. Being fulfilled, what the hell am I doing here? Mm. You know, like I said, one by one, either they moved within the organisation to another role, or they left. Yeah. Quite a few of us ended up being consultants because right. we wanted to be in charge of our own destiny. We wanted right. to be, you know, no one controlling you, so to speak. Mm. So yeah, it, that was a real key turning point for me, right. and, and I did leave. And yeah. I guess you could then live out your own why at that point, then couldn't you? Because, like yeah. you said, you were constantly questioning why 
things were the way that they were, why people were doing mm. things the way that they were doing them. Yeah. And I guess going in and out as a consultant, you could find your why. You could say, okay, this is what I believe is the way to do this. And I can then impart that belief and be in control of the message mm. I'm putting out there and the way things need to be done as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a similar kind of why I went out on my own as a coach, to be honest with you. Uh, it was mm. kind of controlling your own outcomes to a yeah. certain degree, but actually living more purposefully in your space. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Living more purposefully. You know, I wanted to go and find what what is my purpose, and mm-hmm. and clearly it was helping, and it always has been helping other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and that is, I realise that's my purpose in life yeah, to I've help other that people. Yeah. Conversation today of my life has always been in service. Every mm-hmm. job I've ever done, from retail to insurance to firefighting to PT, mm. everything I ever did was in service to other people. Yeah. But wasn't ever quite fulfilling enough. I knew I wanted to serve, but I didn't know in what capacity yeah. I wanted to do that. And then through the therapy and then through the coaching, mm. well, that's when I found actually how I want to be in service to other people. Yeah. I just want to come back to what you said about your friendship and, and your relationship with your family and stuff as well. So when you were really struggling, when you came out of that, I guess – the people were there for you would you were you able to recognize that then because people were saying where have you been were they able to sort of speak to you while you were in that space or was it just the support and stuff they gave you when you came or came out the other side of that I mean people were saying to me like where you know you've got your personality is gone that fun lonely person I said no I'm here no you can't even see it because you're in it Hmm. and you know I suppose you're holding on to stress anger overwhelm you know it was exhausted when I came out of that um yeah I think it was like people saying you, you they started to say I can see a big difference you're you're beaming you know you're glowing you're you 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 really like there's been a massive shift change in your energy in the way you know the way you are mm. and I think hearing that and thinking well, okay, then I've done the right thing. Because you, when you walk out of a senior job, you think, my God, what have I done? You know, because I had no money. <laughs> you know, when you're self-employed, it's like a bit like this, you know. <laughs> it's feast or famine. That roller coaster type. Yeah. So, occasion, isn't it? And I'm not saying, you know, it was all gl- glossy and, and shiny overnight. Mm. No. It still took, I mean, I went and did an NLP practitioner course, it still took another two years or more to, you know, I still did a lot of self-development and my husband and I went through all sorts of stuff. Um, and then you come out, you finally start, my father died not long after I'd left my job. Um, right. So I had, to, and my uncle died, I had two years of sheer hell. But I wouldn't have been able to have coped with that whilst I was working 70 hours a week. I'd have been in a mess. So probably been having, arranging your funeral at some stage as well, wouldn't? Yeah, I? exactly. So having stepped out, I had the the, the headspace, the capacity mm. emotionally and physically to do, you know, and it was awful time in my life. Those two years were hell. Mm. But looking back now, if I'd have still, if I hadn't have left that job, yes, I would have ended up seriously ill. I know. And the um, friend, the friends that you had around you, the the significance of their support would you how do you think you would have managed because of the obviously this being the relationship guy show it's 
yeah. I think it's important that people have the right people around them as well, isn't yeah. it? Uh, did you think you had the right people around you to support you when you decided to make that decision or when you were going through those tough times? Yeah, I mean, I had a, a few people that I could sort of like talk to and mm. turn to and, um, and you know, they were saying, obviously they were saying to me at the time, like, well, what, you know, why are you still there type of thing? Mm. But, yeah, I would say... And what I think the other thing was I recognised that when when you're going through tough times, suddenly, and I know, you know, when I had I had breast cancer in 2011, suddenly you recognise who is going to help you and who's there to support you and who, you know, who's going to listen mm. and the, the, those that you need to walk away from that aren't there necessarily as support. So I think, yeah, I suddenly started to recognise who was there, you know, and, and was going to help me through this. Mm. Um, and, you know, and if it need, and I recognised very early on that I also needed to go and find some coaches, you know, personal development coaches, business coaches, because, you know, you're like, well, where do I go? How do I get my purpose and my destiny? But all the way through... My, over the last 20 years I've had different coaches to help me for different reasons yeah uh, yeah yeah there's that significance of having mm. people in your life that can help you to achieve the, yeah. the results that you're looking for yeah. and like and, you said if you don't have that in your personal relationships maybe I know that some people mm. don't um, and you can get yourself out there to find someone professionally to help you it's always yeah. going to be beneficial to have mm. somebody that's going to help you along the way yeah, and you know, my family of of they don't say it, you know, all the time. It's not sort of oozing out, but they are very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they're saying, Oh mum, I'm so proud of you, you know, you know, you're amazing. And in fact my daughter said it to me about two or three weeks ago. She's in fact it was in my birthday card and she actually wrote, Mum, you're such a role model, you know, you're amazing. I thought, Oh, maybe cry. Awesome. What, yeah, a legacy, so, what a legacy to leave with I you. know and and when I wrote the book I asked people for testimonials and both I asked my husband and my two my, my son and my daughter to write something about me about mm. authenticity well that made me cry because what mm. they wrote was just amazing and what people wrote it's like you know she's one of the most authentic people I know and you that's the times that you know the people that really look out for you and that really care for you and and admire and you know respect you so yeah and you realize those that that maybe you need do need to walk away from so your relationships are I think it takes a while for people to recognize what you know the, the positive people in your life and those that you really aren't serving a purpose in your life anymore and, and I know that relationships People come into your life for different reasons, and when you no longer need them or they no longer need yeah. you, they walk away, and that's fine. And it yeah. took me years to accept that. Right, okay. I think it was the phrase, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or for good, or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But, but I think sometimes you try and, you know, I can't lose them, I need to hold on to it. Like, you mm. need to, I hold on to my job, or you hold on to a relationship. It's not serving a purpose, and you know that yeah. deep down. But you don't want to let it go. Yeah, something inside of you is stopping you from being able to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm afraid we, we are running short of time, Andre. It's been a fascinating mm-hmm. conversation so far. Uh, before we kind of finish up today, I believe there's a there's a, a freebie or special offer you've got for the listeners. Yeah, I have a freebie if anyone's interested. Um, it's a, a an ebook. It's short, um, and it's called How to Stop Self Sabotaging Your Life, which is clearly what I've been talking about. You know, you do sabotage and not realise. So that's that's on offer today. Great, awesome, and people can get that by getting in touch with you now. So they can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Facebook. Um, my Facebook group is called Confidence. Uh, sorry, my Facebook group is called Career Confidence for Professional Women. Sorry. Yeah, okay. um, and um, or they can um, yeah find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best. And, and or Facebook and direct message me. Your website. My website is www.afcconsultants.co.uk. Great. Awesome. So if anybody wants to take advantage of that ebook or wants to get in touch with Andre at all, all of those contact details will be in the show notes. And before we finish today, I'd like my guests, if they can, to leave the listeners with a parting word of wisdom or even a paragraph if you've got something you can leave them with. Okay. Parting words of wisdom, um, a few words. So one would be fight to discover your purpose, your passion, your vision. Get clarity on that, and the um, yeah, get clarity on that, and get you've got that confidence that maybe has been squashed through bad relationship. Find that confident you once again, and lastly. Love and believe in yourself. Thank you so much for your time. Today. It's been a pleasure. You're you. welcome. Um, Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. There'll be a lot in there that people are going to resonate with and um, hopefully take forward from the show. And if not, take forward by getting in contact with yourself. Uh, okay. Thanks again, Andre. It's been marvellous to have you. And I'll see you again soon. All right. Lovely. Have a great weekend. Thank you, John. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.